What's going on? What's going on, fun people out there? It's Nate, host of this marvelous Artist Exchange radio show. We took a brief hiatus for the week, and now we're back. Uh, and I have a very special guest with me today, Mr. D.B. Marshall. Before we introduce him, uh, I wanted to uh, send out a special announcement. Uh, we have a, a friend of the station, a friend of the show, Mr. Carr Knight, a.k.a. Miss Coco or Amira. Uh, she is a performer, or a singer, an artist, a hairdresser. She uh, moved out to California a couple years ago, and she's been building her career and doing her thing, but she's come up missing. People have not seen her since, uh, it says, Coco has been missing since April 1st, 2021, and was last seen in Hollywood, California. It is extremely unlike Coco to be in, in not in contact with her family or her daughter. Uh, please help us find her. Uh, you can give her a call. You can give them a call at 310-707-8130. Again, that's 310-707-8130. Uh, you can call or text uh, with any information. If you've heard from her, if you've seen her, if you've talked to her, um, if you've gotten any information from somebody else, you know, try to keep it professional. No, you know, I, I heard, or if you have actual information for the family, they're reaching out and asking for the art community or in the community at large help um, here in Baltimore, all the way over to California. If you've heard anything, please send them a message again at 310-707-8130. I hate giving bad news like that, but this is the world we're living in right now. So let's let's be our brothers and sisters keepers uh, and support her family and her friends and helping her to return home safely. Uh, um, but without further ado, um, Mr. D.B. Marshall, how you doing, sir? Look at this mic in front of me. Unmute yourself. There's a little mic. That. There I we go. That. <laughs> I was just testing you. Testing me. You I got you. On top of your game. I got you. I got you. I don't, because sometimes I go talking and the thing's still on for me. Oh, but I'm doing well, sir. Thank you for the invitation and the applause. I live for an applause like Lady Gaga. I, I was like, oh, that's for me. <laughs> Anytime we like to, we like to like surround our guests here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show. But uh You've welcome back. I'm gonna say welcome back because you've been here already. Yes. Um, and we're also on another uh station together. We are you radio, right? Uh, and I catch your shows uh Wednesdays, Wednesdays, yeah, Wednesdays, Wednesdays. And I, I'm really uh excited to bring you back. Um, when you were here last, we were talking about your book. Now your book is out and yes. you're making around and you're selling the books and you're getting things yes. uh done. And you're working on your dissertation, all of that jazz, your radio personality, uh, speaker, inspirational speaker, all those things. And we're going to talk about all those things um, right now. So tell us right now, uh, what's been the kind of the feedback from the book so far? 
Um, so far, the, 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 the book has gotten great feedback. So I don't know about you all out there that's listening or any artist. So when you put something out there, this is my first time that I'm putting myself out there, right? So it's almost like an album, right? You put your, your single out there. You don't know how people are going to respond to it. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. It's scary. Yes. Like you birthed you. the baby. <laughs> you did. You know, birthed <laughs> twins. But with that said, um, I had to mentally prepare myself for that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but it got great for feedback for the most part. Um, people are really embracing it. Um, um, I had one person just say, Hey, I couldn't put it down. I read the whole book in a day cause it just got so good. Um, mm. somebody else just said, you know, make sure you have a box of tissue because it does take you on this roller coaster because we're dealing with emotions and we're dealing with mindset and, you know, the goal of the book is to actually put the mirror in front of you so you can see yourself and address yourself. And some people may not be ready for that. I mean, I don't think we're ever always ready to address who we are. It's because often, especially, especially it's not, I I, I used to think that it was just us being uh, arrogant or stubborn, but often trauma is hard to let go because you've lived with it for however long you've had it. Um, and it becomes a part of you, it becomes a limb or an extension of yourself. And it's hard mm-hmm. to really, you know, break that habit or that cycle. Uh, and one of, as we were talking, uh, I was talking to my friend as I was ordering a book this morning and I was saying, uh, you know, it, it really trauma is is crazy because it comes as if it's a comfort. It feels almost like a comfort, even though it's really uncomfortable you learn to be comfortable with it uh, you learn to live with it you learn to live through it and almost use it as a crutch often uh, but that mirror is often once you once you're faced with the mirror or that reflection of whatever that trauma whatever that thing is that you're going through it's hard to fix it because then you have to admit that you've been carrying this around yeah. that you've been utilizing it as if it was a tool um, and you you just have to it's, admittance is kind of the strongest uh, thing to let go or to admit to you got you got to admit to it that's that's kind of hard to do yeah that's Which, very true um, uh-huh. you know what we don't realize is that when the trauma happened and, and also depending on what age it happened to so let's be clear about that mm. let's just take it from a perspective of you know a an adult as of twenty one years and older let's just deal with that age range uh-huh. we dated. Okay, and that's a problem. We start dating mm. it, courting it, taking it out mm. to dinner, you know, taking it out when we go on other, you know, um, informal or formal dates. And it's right. almost like a Siamese twin. It's like you're kind of carrying it everywhere that you go, and we're not addressing mm. it. And so then you wonder why certain things aren't happening or manifesting in your life because mm-hmm. you are dating, or some, and some people they have married their trauma. Yeah. Right. Lifelong so, partnerships. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's a problem. Just instead of focus on a relationship with the trauma, focus on a relationship with yourself or focus on mm-hmm. a relationship with your partner. Um, right. Oftentimes we are married and we stuck with that type of uh, vicious thinking, a vicious cycle of what has happened to us. And not to say what happened was appropriate and what happened was okay. What's not okay is you're not dealing with it in a healthy way because then it affects all areas of your life. And 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 I'm at a space right now because I, I say a lot um, uh, because on another show that I'm on, uh, We Are You Morning Through, we, we talk about a lot of 
issues where people are going through some mental health issues. Right. And it's it's not okay for people to tell people get over something or deal with it. But what has to happen is you have to help them be aware of it. Because once you are aware of it, you normally want to get rid of it. And in, in that process alone helps the person more than anything you could um, admonish them for or beat them over the head for. Because often this trauma or these triggers or whatever happened to them wasn't their fault. Yeah. So, you know, it's often it's something that, like you said, dealing with just people 21 and over. But even if you go further back than that, a lot of times people don't even know what they're holding on to. It's normally something that's been passed down to them. That's you know, true. or so understanding how people, you know, address the problem is, I think, the biggest key for people on the outside. We yeah. can't, you know, because you tucked yours down way deep and didn't deal with it. And now you're getting through with life. Um, it, it doesn't always happen the same way for people. Some people, they wear it on their shoulder, you know, on their sleeve. Some people, they have no real connection to it, but it's still there. And they don't really understand, like you said, why things aren't happening for them or why things aren't clicking, because they still have this piece of baggage that they're carrying around with them, yeah. willingly or unwillingly, uh, knowingly or unknowingly. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, your book kind of explores um, just, I wouldn't say it tells you what to do, but it just, it, for me, even the write-ups that I've seen of it and hearing you speak about it on your show, it really... Um, it kind of gives you the steps of the awareness process. That's mm -hmm. what I took from it. Uh, yeah, that's just that's definitely what it does. It's just to challenge your thought process. The goal mm -hmm. is to change your negative thinking or that victim thinking, right? And mm. so most of our thoughts and Getting thinking high off the story. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> most of our thoughts and our thinking happen in the subconscious. So mm -hmm. roughly about 90% of our thoughts and our thinking happens there. And 10% is in the conscious. So being consciously aware is, is almost, you have to be consciously aware of the subconscious or what the subconscious is doing. And so with that said, as mm -hmm. we are addressing these triggers, right, it comes up for us. We have to use that 10% to resolve those things that's lying dormant in the subconscious. And they only come up until we are triggered. So until then, we are putting on our best face, which is that 10%. So we bring forth that representative. And sometimes it's not a representative. Sometimes it's actually you, but it's only part of you, 10%. And that's not but, even half, right? You know, one of the things that I realized in myself, because uh, like you, I'm choosing to deal with a lot of the trauma that's happened to me or around me mm -hmm. uh, by way of a book. I think my this my creativity lent, lent itself to that direction. But what I notice with people uh, that I've seen trauma affect them or past situations or experience, the trigger does not connect to what happened. Mm. Or people often are triggered with something over here and not realizing the cycle of them being triggered with something that happens over here. So right. say somebody molested you or a man did something detrimental to you. Every other man you deal with, you treat them a certain way. Right. Or you're triggered by something you see in them, not realizing that's connected to what this person did to you. Long or, so. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I'm noticing people are being more and more triggered nowadays. And it's no, they haven't made a connection to what the trigger is versus what the origin of that problem is. 
That's so the issue becomes the trigger and not the initial yeah. initial incident. Right. It becomes surface in, in, in mm-hmm. short. It becomes surface. It's like you're dealing with this emotion. You're dealing with this reaction. You become reactive. And so right. the trigger, you're just really trying to deal with and manage the emotion. And so I don't, mm-hmm. me personally, I don't agree when, agree when people say, oh, try to control your emotion. No, I don't think you can control your emotions. I think you can manage them because you have voluntary emotions and you have involuntary emotions. So you can you really control your involuntary emotion? I mean, you're looking at a movie and you start crying. No, you can't necessarily control it, but you can manage it. Like you can kind of, you know, try to, you know, pull back, you know, so that tear don't drop. Eventually it does. But that's the way of just trying to manage. But even managing can sometimes make the problem worse because you're not allowing yourself to feel in that moment. Now, they're inappropriate times for the feeling. Yeah. But we're not, you don't, because you didn't give yourself a space when you were by yourself or you didn't give yourself that room when you were by yourself to feel something. Mm -hmm. It, it, that managing process becomes triggering because now I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm used to just bottling it up and pushing it down. But what happens when you are in overflow mode? And so there's it. So you made a good point. So there's two different processes, right? So when we talk about managing, you can manage it by expressing it um, externally, or you can manage it by, you know, expressing it internally. There's a lot of things like for me, I internalize a lot of my feelings and emotions, but I'm dealing with it, right? So I call it processing. I have to mm-hmm. sit down, think and process. I may not come out and say, hey, Nate, you know, you made me mad, blah, 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 blah. But I'll go back and I'll say, all right, this is what it is. This is what it is. Let me process it. But the first thing and processing, you have to look at what you contributed and how you contributed. The three fingers pointing back at you. (laughs) At you. That's why I say the mirror, the book is meant to be a mirror. So when you Mm -hmm. are pointing and you think you point at the other person, you truly point at yourself. What did you contribute to that? And not to say Mm -hmm. if you were raped, you contributed to the rape, like what you wore, what you, what you, but did, how did you hold on to this? What did you do when it happened? Mm-hmm. You know, what yep. was your response to it happening? That's the three fingers pointing back. Right. How, how, how are you dealing with it to this day? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And with that said, then we can kind of start really bringing some awareness to who we are. So, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, when I got my last um, divorce, I was tore up from the floor up. So I was very clear when people tried to date me. No. I'm not going to date you. I'm not in a good place. Why are you not in a good place? I just came out of something and I'm going to hurt you. And people couldn't believe I was walking around saying that. Like, I'm going to tear you up. I'm going to mess you up and I'm going to send you back in the world messed up than when you came. And that's what we tend not to do, right? We try to find solace and trying to find comfort in mm-hmm. individuals when we are toe up. And what we end up doing is we hurt them because we are either mean, short, cruel, we're... Um, not connecting on an emotional level. Uh, We use them for sex. We use them for their money. We use them for transportation, not realizing that you haven't dealt with your mess. So I was very aware and honest enough to say, hey, no, I messed up. And I even had people say, oh, it's okay. You know, I'll help you through it. You don't trigger, 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 trigger. (laughs) Look, you know, you don't even have the boat, unless you just Jesus Christ. But that's another problem. No, but that's another problem all in of itself. Not even for you, the person who was admitting to the issue, them. Because they wanted to fix somebody. Right. Most of the times, if not all, they don't even have the capacity to provide and pour into me the Mm. way I need to be poured in. Because they don't even know the depth of that issue. Or even know me. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they don't even know me. Yeah, I understand. Some, trust me, and, and it's, I'm, I'm going to tell you, so this process for me, and a, a lot of people who, authors, I'll say a lot of authors that I'm meeting, like yourself, I uh-huh. begin to just, you know, follow your work after I initially interview you or have a conversation with you, because I just, this is new to me. I never thought of myself as a writer, you know, I'm a performer. So I just take your words and I make them feel magical on stage or whatever. Uh, so for me to be on the other end of that now, it is very strange for me. But it was small things that I've started to do now where I'm starting to be that person to say, no, this is a boundary. You're crossing it right now. Uh, things like that. Uh, I recently went to interview my father's youngest sister and she has, she's like the keeper of family photos on, and on that side of my family. And I didn't realize just looking at pictures, uh-huh. just, it, it brings up a lot of emotion. It, it brings up a lot of, but it also allows you to see the stuff in your face, mm-hmm. you know, see yourself from a different perspective and not you just looking in your, your mirror every morning. Uh, but it, it allows you to see yourself from a different angle and you're able to deal with things in a different way. But just, you know, trying different ways to kind of evoke that emotion, yeah. because sometimes it could just be lying. For me, it was just dormant in me. I grew to be a very hard hearted person and I'm not naturally that way. I'm naturally a feeler. I was raised by cancer. So I was <laughs> taught to feel, you know, and, and express your feelings. Uh, but I learned to just let it go dormant and let it, you know, not die, but just, you don't need this. You know, people aren't, you know, worthy of your emotion or your reaction to things. Uh, but yeah. once I started learning boundaries, I think that allowed me because you being triggered by something becomes your fault at some point. Like literally you are yeah, doing you to, this. Yeah. You have to take accountability. Right. Because people don't know don't know you. So you're being <laughs> triggered by somebody who don't know you. So you want them to change who they are and you haven't even let them into who you are. So they know where the landmines are. That's true. And, but, but at what point do you, you stop saying I'm broken? At what point do you stop telling people, Hey, you don't want to date me because that I've, I've seen people who that just has become their response to everything. Like, at what point do you suggest? I know it's different for everybody, but what point, you know, what's a good starting point to, you know, start fixing the problem versus just avoiding it? <laughs> so, yeah, once I identified that um, that there was something going on, I was very thorough in my process of healing. So mm-hmm. people speak loosely when they talk about love and they talk about healing. I, I think they just water everything down. Yeah. But let me tell you, healing... And it takes a lot of work. Love, you know, can take a lot of work as well. And so first I had to understand what is love. And I was walking around saying I love myself, but my actions did not always align with my definition of love. And so, so was your definition on the surface? Like you took care of yourself, you, you did for yourself. Is that where your love was at that point? Yeah. Or? Okay. yeah. So, and I think most people love is surface, right? And so... Mm-hmm. Uh, once you do the assessment, and I don't right. care if I get mad that I said it, I said it. Your surface love. And let me tell you why. People don't like we, you. They're not going <laughs> to like you. The, <laughs> and you in Atlanta? Uh, yeah. You about to be yes. on, on and popping. But 
we associate material things or external things to represent what love is for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got my hair done, I got my nails done, and I bought my. What people can see, like, bruh, girl. I mean, boo. It like it's so much deeper than that, right? And so once. Um, and in the book, I talk about that. There's a total of 21 or 22 definitions of love, depending on how you want to, you know, define it or use it. Um, it could be a verb. It can be a noun or it don't even have to be a verb or noun. It can just be all encompassing. And that's where I am in my life. Right. Mm. I stopped trying to make it a verb or a noun I just, or an adjective or whatever. I just try to just make it me. And if I truly say that I am a, um, a descendant or a product of God and if God is love, then I am love, period. Mm-hmm. period. Okay, preacher, man. You know what I'm saying? You and better if, give <laughs> a word. And, <laughs> and it was hard for me to say that. And I even talk about in a book how I show my love. When I did the assessment, I put myself number four out of family, God, love, and I think it was material things. I was rated number four when I first did my assessment. And, and you was, did your own. And assessment. I did my own. Assessment. I was like, and people don't and don't realize it. it. People don't realize how far they put themselves, how far we put ourselves down on the list Look, when it comes I, to everybody else. Yes, I put my family, and I, you know, and I love my family. Um, but I don't know if you know this, but I raised my brothers and sisters. Or I helped raise my brothers and sisters. My mama killed me if I say I raised them. Uh, but my mom was a financial provider. You're about to call I, it right now. <laughs> And I helped raise them as far as a caretaker because I'm the oldest. And I had to, excuse me, cut the umbilical cord, like from my mom, because I was also raising my mom in ways that she didn't even realize. Right. So I was like, well, you the first child. So you, mm-hmm. you did. You taught her how to be a mother. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even go to college until I made sure all of my siblings graduated high school. I even moved my family from Miami to Atlanta so we can be out of the hood into a nice environment. Oh, nice you're from Miami. Yeah. 305 mm. Day County. You better know mm. it. <laughs> mm. That's a whole nother type of water. I want to see your hands water. at all times, sir. Let me see it. <laughs> <laughs> and so once I did that assessment and I went through that depression and I did that assessment, I was like, there got to be some changes. So when you talk about boundaries, I had to really start identifying what those boundaries are. Because I love to love. I really didn't put boundaries on people because in my head, love don't have any boundaries. But, but you, mar- you know what I've realized? It's not other people that need boundaries. It's you. But here's the thing. Let me tell you. You need yeah. to set boundaries within yourself. But why? But it always starts from it's your actions. Right. You are making those clear decisions. It's, and I'm not saying other people aren't at fault, but I'm if we set boundaries with ourselves, right. like our individual self, uh, I think it will be, people will see that. Right. Now, there are going to still be people who want to test the boundaries and test the, test the lines or test your strength, uh, but they can't, they can't at that point do it because you are setting those boundaries with yourself. Right. Like, I'm not going to take these types of things. I'm going to treat myself this way. Like, you're talking a lot about self-love, but mm-hmm. you have to then, you have to start first with you. And that's then true. you can slap the hands of those people who to try. And that, that's just what I'm discovering for myself. Right. You know, I set a bunch of boundaries from other people, but my actions never change. So see, I still was doing all the things that I was doing before. <laughs> The boundaries that you're setting for you is also the boundaries that you're setting for others. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's the thing. So a, what a boundary 
pretty much is, is it's a preventative tools to protect you from going down a path in which right. is going to cause some type of harm. And I tell people all mm-hmm. the time, we do a lot of self-harm and we don't want to admit when we do the self-harm and we give ourselves passes when we self-harm, but we don't want to give people passes when they harm us. But in actuality, them hurting us is most of the time it's nothing but us pretty much self-harming ourselves because Make we allow it to happen. Right. And so with mm-hmm. that said, for the first time, and I think love, or I believe love and extending love shouldn't have boundaries. And I still kind of think that now. However, I had to change my mindset though. So now when I say that again, so loving or giving love shouldn't have any boundaries. Love should be Mm -hmm. free for everybody in my, in my mind and in my heart. Now DB, let me explain (laughs) some stuff for you. I I understand where you're coming from. Love should be a blessing. It should be something that can actually overflow. Yeah. But, Hmm. Especially when it comes to family and friends, yeah. maybe the world, but when it comes to family and friends, it has to have some, not limitations, but, you know, guidelines. Let's have some guidelines. Some guidelines. To this love. So did God give guidelines for to your love and what, what you can do? Like, I mean, he always. Well, I'm not right. God, though. Well, I'm just I'm asking. God it's like, a question. It's, uh, it's just a starting stuff down the wind. <laughs> this is this is what i do now because Mm -hmm. what i realized is that the love that i was given wasn't necessarily respected it wasn't reciprocated and most importantly the reason that it wasn't respected or reciprocated because people were not loving themselves the way that i was taught to love myself yeah that's expectations though right that's that's that word we talked about that the last time that expectation expectation. Right. right So once I realized that I love because I choose to love and I don't expect anything in return. I don't. I right. just love so because loving yourself and loving others how you want to be loved, but not expecting them to love you how you love you. Right. Because we all love differently, right? Your mom's but see, that's that love. word expect. I I had to erase that from you have to. my because not everybody was raised how I was raised yes. and not everybody was raised how I was raised. Mm-hmm. So you cannot expect for other people, right. good, bad, or indifferent to do for you and do to you what you would expect for them to do based on who you are and what you right. believe. Because you're setting yourself to automatically be disappointed and hurt. when Every you, single every time. Every single time. And Even somebody who grew up in a house with you, that's yes. still two different perspectives right. on a certain way of being, you know, Siblings. Siblings often go through this. And we expect for them, we was raised in the same damn household. Why did you become this person? Mm-hmm. Well, that has nothing. You don't know how they received or interpret the the yeah. raising that you interpret. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I love about me and my and, and my family and my siblings. Like we do without expecting anything in return. So my sisters can call and say, Hey, I need two thousand dollars to fix whatever, whatever. Okay. And that's what that's where it stopped with us. You know, any of my sisters. <laughs> you mean, me. That's what it stopped me. That's what it, it stopped. It, yeah. That she can ask it. for anything she wants. Okay. Yeah, like, that's it. You know, but that's the closeness and the love and the relationship okay. that we have with each other. And it goes back to, again, understanding each other. And that's what we're not doing. So when we're dating people, when we have friends, you know, we have to really just get to know them. And when you get to know them, you'll know exactly what you can and you can't do. But nobody don't want to get to know nobody anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because I think a lot, and I'm, I'm saying this, I was a, 
I, I, they used to call me a serial friend hopper. So me and you were best of friends from way back. Yeah. And then you introduced me to somebody and somehow you show your ass <laughs> and I got to get out of here. But now I am best friends with the person you introduced me to. So uh, me and this person. So most of my good friends are by way of friends. Uh-huh. And it just so happened. And, and that was a lot of me because I did not set boundaries with me or with other people. Uh-huh. But uh, it's just that I understand what you're saying, DV, yeah. but I'm just saying. Look. It gotta no. be. I said not restrictions, but maybe some guidelines. Yeah, you, there's people you're gonna have to put guidelines with, and I'm mm-hmm. just appreciative that I was raised and grew up in a setting that I know what it looks like not to have to do that. So when it happened, mm-hmm. I was confused, and I was like, talked about when it was restrictions. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this. I just was at it. Um, I just experienced something this week that mm-hmm. I don't. Go, I'm not gonna say it broke my heart, but it stunned me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone that I've it broke your heart. You can be honest. For mm-hmm. years, I was I was like, what? And so the things mm-hmm. that I was accused of, I had to come back and do an assessment because they weren't true, you know. But from their perspective, it was true, right? And we see things differently. I can ag- I can agree with that. But here's the thing: you need to assess my me and my intention and how I've been assisting you over the past two years to even even think about. Could he be really, really? <laughs> but that hurts, like that. though. That that yeah. that's when the reciprocation of love has to come in. And even if, even if for whatever reason, it was a misunderstanding, and yeah. somehow I believe the misunderstanding, mm-hmm. it should still we should still be at a space. And I talk about black people having to find this type of love mm-hmm. with each other because even if you think the worst of me there should still be something redeeming in me that you give me a chance to at least have integrity with you. So I can't think the worst of you if I didn't always think the worst of you. That's what I'm saying. It was like, how can you even think about that? I mean, that's how they ignore me. DB did like, I'm one of the nice, like, I go up and talk to strangers. I even get chewed out by my mom. I'm 47 years old. Are you a tree hugger? Yes, I'm a tree hugger. <laughs> like, and, you know, so to even think that you even think I'm capable of doing something like that, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's time for me to lay this boundary right here because you just told me you don't oh, that's know. A that's a guideline. That's a guideline. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's See? a guideline. Absolutely. And so because people aren't, they get in their feelings and they don't know how to respond sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we have to definitely put those preventative measures in there. But I truly mm. understand that love, and um, it's a chapter in my book, love is a beautiful mess. It is a beautiful mess. And everybody, yeah, and, and everybody want to believe that love is this, you know, um, it's peaches and creams and roses and frill. Hell no. Mm. Like, mm. love and relationship is a hot mess, a hot mess. But it doesn't yeah. mean that it's not love. It means but that. we have to we have to start figuring things out because nothing's ever going to be perfect. But within our families, and I'm I'm only speaking as a black person because I ain't never been nothing else. Uh, but within <laughs> our black families and communities, we have to find that way of. You may have done something wrong, and we may never be where we were, but I can't throw you away. Yeah. Now, not everybody is supposed to be in your life for a lifetime. Yeah. But I can't keep we we are at a space right now where I'm watching people just throw people away. That's true. 
left and right. Oh, you don't believe what I believe? Oh, you gotta go. Yeah, you gotta go. Yeah, that's 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 that's. And crazy. you you shaky in what you believe, but yeah. because you're not shaky and believing how I'm, you gotta go. Yeah, and we're doing a lot of that, and we're doing it with the um, justification that we are walking in our truth. And one of the things that I learned about <laughs> this is that uh, the people was. They, people they use these words yeah. yeah and we need to start a dictionary of misused words <laughs> myths you know yes <laughs> completely really and and it get and it justifies their behavior their nasty behavior and mm-hmm. this being able to not have an open mind to talk about things like no this is what this was give your perception i'm going to give you my perception and let's just meet in the middle. It don't have to be this drawn out thing in which we keep going back and forth because then you end up on this 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 wheel where you're just running around chaos. Trying to get somebody to believe what you believe. And that's that's, that's and, and and that's that's one of the reasons when when I started my own self-awareness and uh I hate to call it healing, but that's what what it was. Uh I eliminated the word expectation out of my life because it was an incident that got me to that point. And I realized my expectations that I put on other people were, was what my issue was because I was expecting for people to, you know, I didn't, in my, my immediate family amongst my mother, my sister, my great grandmother, people who lived in our home our media circle, I could leave my wallet somewhere and come back and it's there. Yeah. But when you go out into the real world, you realize you better, not only you better (laughs) take it with you, you better hold it while you're still there. I put it, you know, and then there's other issues as attached to that, but I will put my expectations on the world based on what my mother, how my mother raised me, you know, and I, even with siblings, I was having those same expect, and I could not. You know, I learned quickly, I can't have expectations for other people because I'm setting standards for how you should live. Exactly. But when is it okay? Do you know when is okay to have expectations? I think standards are are important. And uh-huh. I learned the difference between that word. So I have standards for people now okay. in terms of how I want to be treated, how I want to be respected. Right. You know, as a teacher, I learned the difference between standards and expectations because yeah. I was putting I was putting expectations on my students based on how I was a student or how I was raised. And I'm realizing once meeting these parents and family members, oh, this different. This real different. It's a whole nother generation of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just learned the definition. I think you should always have standards. That's mm-hmm. standards are connected to boundaries. Yeah. Expectation mm-hmm. is control. Um, not necessarily, but it can, it can be controlled. So there mm-hmm. you have to have expectations when it comes to certain things. So when an expectation is healthy, it's when mm-hmm. you and me have agreed to do this show. And I was, as you were saying, and I was about to say, yeah. so once, once we made an agreement, agreement, I expected for DB yeah. to show up. Yeah, there you go. Show up so, and not to just show up, show up and show out. Right. So there's a difference now. Because people show that's up. That's Miami. That's, yeah. that's that Miami. Mm-hmm. So once we I make this known. agreement, Ooh, I known. yeah, I need you to bring your full self. Not but that's that's self. once we've made an agreement. Once you made an agreement, but, but if still, I'm just meeting you, even if I've known you for a lifetime, and yeah. we haven't come together in friendship, mm-hmm. love, relationship, and said, okay, this is how I want to be treated. This is how you want to be treated. Or do we agree that that's mm-hmm. 
a marriage. That's mm -hmm. an agreement. So okay. I expect for you to be faithful. But if you was cheating on me up into the altar, duh. <laughs> you just, that wasn't an agreement. Yeah. That was like a uh, pinky swear with twisted yeah. fingers on the other side. So, but again, yeah. I now now that's okay. Now I get and, that. and just make mm -hmm. sure again. And the key to that, when it comes to that expectation, not just that y'all agree to it, that you agree to it, and you're going to show up and show out. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm finding out that people will show up because that's what y'all agree, but they don't come and bring their full self. They come, mm -hmm. they have self. They show up and they are on the telephone, and y'all supposed to be doing business. They there mm -hmm. because the agreement was that y'all supposed to be. Are you talking about somebody specific? Mr. Dickens? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'll just, just I'm nosy sometimes. <laughs> no, but I've learned this, like, with interacting with people, you know, mm -hmm. and so, you know, this is your platform, right? And so this is your your professional side of you, but just as well as we have the professional side, we have our personal side. And so mm -hmm. we want both sides to be fulfilled. And they're not going to be fulfilled if you have expectations and people are coming in and just showing up and not doing anything. You got to come and show up and do the work. Just like when you show up for yourself to get yourself mm -hmm. on, like, you got to do the work. You just can't show up and say, okay, self, I'm here. Yeah. And, it, and I, I think we've gotten so used to just showing up. Yeah. I, I said, I told you I would show up. I'm here. That's and it. then you don't do what is necessary for you to sustain yourself while you're there. You know, you you renege on the the other half of the agreement to show up and then, like you said, show out and do what you need to do. You can't just, you know, in relationships. I see a lot of people showing up to relationships. Okay, we're in a relationship, but we're not doing anything mutually that is relationship oriented that we agreed on. Right. You know, and that, and that's when the expectations get to another level. So then you have to keep setting these agreements, these milestone agreements yep. with individuals. And you can't just have one blank. Just like contracts, they, you know, once the expiration date hits, you have to make Renew. it another agreement. You just don't, Renew. okay, yeah, just sign my name to that. No, I, I have different uh, needs right needs now. Needs now, I, yeah. So let's, let's reassess that. you said that because... Um, I don't know where I was and I, we were having this group discussion and it was like, oh, you know, I was in this relationship and he came in and he was a top, but, you know, then all of a sudden he went to top and he got all mad. I was like, so did you expect him not to change at some point? Like we evolved. Yeah, he that's exactly he, told me that before. he had that. I said, people just don't wake up just knowing everything. And so we have to be, uh, you know, and, um, and I talk mm -hmm. about this too. We have to learn how to give people grace. You know, mm. first we have to give ourselves grace because one of the reasons we are so hard on people because we are hard on ourselves. Yeah. And give yourself grace. Like, we're going to mess up. People don't always know. And mm. and this kills me, too. Uh, well, he's 40 years old. He should know. No, everybody develops no. differently. You may develop emotionally yeah. differently. I may develop psychologically or, or mentally differently. Like, we yeah. all are developing at different paces. In I, always, I always use the example. Um, I was in a theater, a, a play once. And I grew up mainly in a Catholic environment. And this, the teacher that I had, she was all the way Baptist. Uh, and the songs that they sung, we sing more hymns. They wasn't singing those songs. So I could not catch the rhythm of the songs because yeah. I didn't know them. And she was like, you, you such and such age and you don't know these songs. And I was <laughs> like, well, miss, you, you know, how long did it take you to learn this song like this? Yeah. But you 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 want me to learn this in five minutes. But it took you how many years to get to this point? So, you know, work with people in terms of what their 
you know, their growth is, yeah. but, uh, I know you have to do is meet people where they are. We are so selfish that we want people to be where we want them to be. Where Learn we want to be. Them to be. Right. Not where we are, no. but where we, we want them to be where we want to be. Right. And a lot of times we're not where they are. We think, and we want to portray that we are. But again, oftentimes too, and I had to learn, this was a hard, this was a hard lesson for me. I was in a relationship with um, Bishop. I was dating Bishop. <laughs> going through some things. And I'm an alpha male. And, um, you know, he was an alpha male. And I, I was very clear, look, I can't deal with another alpha male. You know, mm-hmm. you need to figure out what's going to be your role. And one day... How are you going to shrink somebody like that, sir? Huh? How what? How are you going to diminish somebody at that moment? I need like, you to uh, be smaller right no, now. No, it's not even that. It's that you know who you are, right? You know your personality and being honest with it. So it mm-hmm. was like, I know where I am. I need to not give you like a choice, right? Not a choice. Give you an opportunity. You said what you meant. You said no, what no, you meant. <laughs> Give you opportunity <laughs> to let me know where you are. And once you told me where you are, I'll let you know. You know what? There's probably going to be some conflict. So we agree, you know, there was, you know, so we had these roles, which is roles are very important in relationship. You have to know your role, uh-huh. uh, but loosely. It's not that serious. Not, you know, at, at the end of the day, we had this argument, this conflict. And I remember him saying to me, you just a mirror um how did it you just i'm just the mirror that you're looking into and everything that you're struggling with and you have a problem with me you have a problem with yourself oop looked at him oop and i you're absolutely right (laughs) Mm -hmm. boy that was a hard pill to swallow and that's why a lot of us do bump heads with other people because it's often something that we don't like about ourselves. And it has nothing to do with that person. It may not even be something that's in that person. Yes. But I see something in you that I don't like about myself. That's why what people, uh, criticism in today's world, I don't care anything about because it's not constructive and it's based off of my insecurities and my fears and not really moving you forward or helping you or supporting you. But I have these fears and I have these insecurities and I want you to not do this be based off of what I fear and what I'm insecure about. But if more people were able to have those aha moments like you, you and them had, I think we would be better off and we wouldn't be worried about so much in other people. You know, all you have to, you're right. All you have to do in, um, again, this is something I mentioned in the book, lie in your mess, lie in your mess. Period. I don't want to. It's dirty. Look, don't talk about come knocking on my door. Hey DB, can I use your pool? And you ain't wash your butt. And you bring mm. all your oils and your dirt and your nasty behind jumping my pool. You know how much it costs to keep up a, a clean chloride, fresh pool. It costs a lot of money. But that's what we want to do. We want to mm-hmm. go over someone's house and we want to eat their food. Then we want to take a to-go plate. Mm. We ain't offer no money. You, you know what I'm saying? You ain't offer to help clean up. Hey, oh, it was nice meeting with they y'all. They gonna start coming after you like Yana. You uh, just, um, look, they not ready for that level of truth, sir. Don't come to my house unless you either working on your mess or you didn't clean your mess or you have at least identified and aware that you have mess and baggage. I can work with that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We can work together on that, but 
don't come talk. But about when it. people act as if they don't have mess, it be, it creates chaos. It yeah. creates chaos in friendships. And I've seen, you know, right now, and I'll be transparent. Right now, me and my best friend are not. We're not even talking right now because I came to a realization that I don't want to be treated a certain way. And I, I had a, I have a big issue with how I treat women. Like I'm normally very open to them. And normally sometimes that could get, not just women in general, the women I know, uh, <laughs> I don't want that type of trouble. <laughs> I don't want that smoke. Uh, but it just, it, I had to realize I had to learn how to set boundaries for people. And when I set the boundaries that conflicted with what people saw me as, because I didn't show up as this whole person in the beginning of our friendship. So me showing up as this complete person now, like somewhat complete person now, it it affected a lot of people. And I had to be ready and prepared for that. Right. And I had to get myself prepared during the process, which was very hard because I'm like, but okay, I was I was trying to be supportive of you and I was disrespecting myself at the same time. Do you understand that? Like, do you understand I was giving you allowances that I wasn't giving to myself? Okay. You know, I wasn't protecting me, you know, and letting you be all that you could be in that moment. And some people don't care. They want you to show up as that person, that quarter of a person that you first showed your face to. And, and or nothing that's else. Good. That's 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 real good. And that's something that we have to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. We have to for people that we love, you know, we have invested in. Yes. Because I see my friendships, relationships have investment, right? And mm-hmm. so um at some point. I want to also collect my my dividends on my investment, right? And so with that said, we have to prepare them while we're transitioning on when we decide to transform or transition. Because um, first the transitioning happened and the transition eventually turned into transformation. But if they're not prepared or you give them an indication, then they not going to have that time they need to adjust for what's getting ready to happen. So how do you how do you suggest we prepare our circles and now the people in our lives? And I don't I don't even call it change for our growth. How do you suggest that we prepare them for that growth? Right. So when you are aware that you are getting ready to go on this journey, you have those conversations. Hey, y'all gonna be seeing something a little different. Just like when I was meeting people and I know I was towed up, I had those honest conversations. And you, mm. you have to let them know because some of them not going to be prepared. Some of them going to be expecting the same you. Some of them going to assume that you're going to be something that you're not. You know, and I'll be, you know, you know, transparent with you. I remember when I started refining myself because I'm from the hood, y'all. Um, from, and the, the Ooh, I think Miami. You can't even call Miami. <laughs> so it's I just Miami. Start refining. <laughs> I had to be in like in my early to mid twenties. Mm. My mom. Um, can you cuss on this show? Oh, yeah. Do okay. your thing, sir. You wrong. I remember having a conversation with my mom one day, and she said, with your bougie ass. Mm. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I became bougie when I decided to go to college. Mm-hmm. I became bougie yeah. when I decided to change, you know, my way of eating to a more healthier lifestyle. She didn't understand that. And I didn't even, you know, she knew I was doing these things, but... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I guess they just still wanted to be whoever I was being. But guess what? Mom eat like me now. She in there making her little, her little veggie um, sh- uh, fruit smoothies and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I got to get my A1C down. And that's, I think, for the people who do initiate the, the growth, 
or the expansion or like you said, the transitioning of who we are, you have to do it without fear because you're always, when you're doing something right, you're always going to receive flack from it. You know, you're going to be called difficult. You're going to be called X, Y, Z. You know, people used to, you eat in pork chops and you don't eat pork chops no more. Oh, okay. You went down there with the millions of people and then you and you get that, you know, and it, it, it's, you, you're different. You've always been different, but you're doing things that are different, and you're going to get the the flag back from it. And you can't be afraid of that. Oh. You can't even put your put your attention on that because then that's going to distract you from your growth. Yeah, and you, you shouldn't. You want to know why? Because it's not about you. That mess that they mm. talking, it is not even about you. It's about them. And you know, and when I was mm. doing that, mm. and I told my grandma. My grandma ain't say a word. You know what she said? I know y'all coming down here for Thanksgiving, baby. What I need not to put in your collard greens. No, how do I need to cook your... Well, she know. Well, now she know. Now she know. So here it is. Mm -hmm. And somebody was like, you know, that is not my issue. Why I'm worried because he's eating different. Let me just make sure I have my grandbaby had what he want. That's my grandbaby. See, that's why grandmas are always at the top of the list because they get it. They just, they get it. They get it from that. Sometimes, sometimes they get it. Uh, but I think, and that, and I'm, I'm noticing that now as I'm in a different phase, because this quarantine has definitely uh, refined me a little bit more uh, in, in how I accept things. Like I, I'm, I used to be very short with people, but now I don't even, I can't even argue anymore. I'm not arguing. That's how you feel? Okay. Oh, yeah, great. You- you you arriving because that's why that's what that's why I am mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. sometimes I even come out and say although someone recommend I should not say this but I, I really mean it you know some people say I'm like I don't I, I really don't care and, and my mom okay. she said, oh let me yeah. see my mom is good for oh let me show you who on Facebook I'm like ma I, I don't I don't care like, so you know but so that was me at thirty I had to I had to but by the time I was thirty I had to wash I don't care out of my mouth because I would say it in a <laughs> I would say it in the most inopportune times because I just got so used to because you had to say it. That was you learning to set a boundary. Right. Like my like I don't really care what's going on with the family right now. I really don't. It's uh it's it doesn't help me, it doesn't um feed me, it I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn a different way of saying it where my mother would still get it, because she would get offended by me saying that. Uh, Cause I didn't raise you like that, uh, but I had to learn how. Right, I had to learn how to say it in a different way that uh, still um, got the message across. Like yeah. this, don't bring me that. I don't feel like hearing about nobody else drama. Yeah, and um, I had to say it to her that way because we got into it. Because I was like, I don't care. I didn't raise you like that. Why are you saying it? But she just had to learn a different way of saying it. One of the things that I'm still going to say it that way because it reminds me of my boundary. <laughs> um, but I do say it in a tone where it's not, I, I attempt for it not to be malicious. But before I say, I don't care, mm-hmm. I do say, hey, no, not this. And all I let individuals know, like, I, I don't I don't indulge in gossip or I don't indulge right. in So when you telling me, hey, come catch this kind of I'm like, how this is going to pour into my life right now because I'm tired as heck. I've been working mm. all day. And so you about to give me something that's going to refuel, you know, my box because I'm running low. 
if you're mm. not going to review my soul or my uh, make a deposit into my bank account, then we know not to have this conversation. And you need to know that I don't care about what it is that you got going on. Now, if you got something good, I'm, I'm awful. I give you my little bit of time and energy because I only got a little bit. No, so, so what I do now, I I don't indulge the foolishness, but if if it's a valid, and, and I'm not going to say that because that's my problem too, uh, <laughs> but if you come into me with an issue, I'm, I'm going to listen to you. Mm. But if we're on the third occasion and I'm still hearing that, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Uh-uh. Because now I'm going to be so invested in your foolishness that now we are looking for solutions for you. Mm-mm, that's not work. Or oh, that spirit just gonna jump right on you. And you yeah, no, I, I had to learn that because that's those. That's what they call now trauma bonding. And yeah. now we're spending hours on the phone complaining about stuff from our teenage years or relationships. Or I like, know yeah. we we could have we could have been really building something right now. We could have been doing something con- constructive, exactly. and we're both bonding over the trauma that we both put ourselves through uh, in that situation. Real quick. Uh, can you let us know where we can find your book um, and just give us a brief synopsis of what we should expect from it? Uh, my battery is about to die. This okay. is the new don't, life don't of home thing. So I'm going to go battery. plug it up. So go ahead. So tell us where you can find the book and give us a brief synopsis of it. Yeah, so you can find the book on my website at Love's Pursuit ATL. That's L-O-V-E-S-P-U-R-S-U-I-T-A-T-L. A-T-L. Is short for Atlanta, um, .net, not .com, but .net. And you can also get it on Amazon. I prefer you to purchase it from me. Um, if you do, you can put in um, SANE, S-A-N-E, and I give you a discount and also send you a couple of free gifts if you purchase it from me. However, I know some people have Amazon accounts out there, and if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. So a quick synopsis of the book. The book really just talks about real-life experiences. And so I reached out to other entrepreneurs uh, black entrepreneurs at that. Uh, most of them live here in Atlanta. One lives in Gary, Indiana. And we talk about some of the emotional trauma that we went through, um, some of the hurt, some of the pain, some of the disappointments. And the reason that we talk about that in hopes to elevate you and give you some tools that you can apply in your life. So not only do we tell our story and we explore our journey with you, in addition to that, we give you actionable steps. So this also um, provide you with work tools. So you can sit down and you can answer these questions and really, really understand who you are, why you are, and who you are becoming. And that's really important. It allows you to do self-assessments and become self-aware to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. And one of the um, things that I love that's in the book, I challenge you to get to know who you are by asking you the meaning of your name, right? So some of us don't even know the meaning behind our name. And so we walk into these relationships and then we want (laughs) people to get us, to understand us, to empathize and sympathize with who we are and what we're trying to do and what we bring to the table. But if you really had to sum your name up and have a meaning or a definition behind your name, what would you tell that individual? What would you tell your mom? What would you tell the person you're dating? What would you tell your boss? But once you have a clear understanding of who you are, what you are, and who you're becoming, you become unstoppable, right? You walk around 
with confidence. You walk around with a clear head, making really good, sound decisions to help manifest the things that you want to accomplish in life. And not only that, when you have that clarity, you then begin to attract people in your circle who's supposed to be in your circle to help prepare you in and into your destiny. How many of y'all really can sit down and look around and say, "Mm, she's for me or he's against me. You'll believe once you do this assessment, who you learn, who is for you, who comes out and show That's my life. I live that. That's my mantra of life. I live that way every single day. I need to know if these people are here or are going to be even productive in my life. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not productive, then we got, I got some things to talk to you about on your way out. Yeah. 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 We need to have that really, I could call it crucial conversations. We need to have those crucial conversations. Because maybe we can come back around. Because maybe we can come back around in, in, in a year or so after you change some things about yourself or update, I don't want to say change because I don't like trying to force people to change. Oh, Marty who you are. in the pandemic. No, it's not growth because I get rid of people. You know that. I don't, I don't, you don't, I don't stick around for your change. Mm-hmm. You have to go do your change on your own, but you got to get out of here. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and that's very true. And there, there's some, believe it or not, then there's some people who we don't mind putting the effort the extra effort into, but you have to really understand who deserves that extra time mm-hmm. and who does it. So in, in terms of what you want people to take from this book, what do you want people to walk away with this book? Understanding or being aware of? I want people <clears throat> to be aware. Once we raise the awareness vibration, the understanding will automatically happen. And what we find out, and I challenge you to t- think about, look at how much time you spend going to school? How many years did you invest in school? How many years did you uh, invest in these relationships? How many years you invested on your job, making them billions and billions of dollars? Mm-hmm. Here, tell me how much time you invested in yourself. Come on. Let's and that's, oh, that hit a button right there because I'm going through that right now. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm going gonna, gonna to order a book for Marty because he <laughs> definitely needs this. Oh no, I want that book. Yes, give me that book. I'll take that book. Oh, I'm going to do that right now. I'm tired of I'm tired of keeping books for somebody else. I can't do it no more. My energy has been depleted. But it's not its not even the task that you're doing. It's just, what are you putting into you? Because, in, and, and just getting on a subject of working for somebody else, you're making somebody else's wife, you know, free to uh, be a philanthropist or, mm-hmm. you know, take vacations during the quarantine or chill. Uh, but what are you putting into you? And even from DB's perspective, he speaks through a love perspective. Uh, what are you giving to yourself? You yeah. pouring out, and what my great grandmother, her last lesson to me in life, I remember at 15 before she passed away, uh, the night before, she told me, You can make sure your cup is always full, mm-hmm. and everything that pours over is what you give to other people. Mm-hmm. Because I was having issues with friends, and I was being there for everybody, and you know, I think I had, I wanted to do something, and I didn't have enough people to that wanted to do it. And she was like, you have to make sure your cup is always full because had you given the time that you gave to you, to others, to yourself, you would have the energy to do this on your own. You would not. Let me give you all an example too. Cause mm-hmm. I want you to see this, how this direct correlation comes into play for why I changed my current, my current existence. Um, so I'm leaving my full-time job right, right now mm-hmm. to focus on, 
what truly means something to me, and that is a mm-hmm. radio station, right? Yeah. And I realized through, especially these past two months, that there's a, cor- a direct correlation between me working at that job and these shooting pains that I've been having going up my neck. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Um, which, you know, I got these shooting pains from as a result of a car accident, but I did the physical therapy, they resolved themselves, but then I realized that stress-induced pain, it, start, it, it started with the stress-induced pain. And so I started, in the past two months, these pains have started to come back every single day. So when mm. I did my resignation on this past Monday, they're gone. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? And I'm going to tell you why that's good. Because Mm -hmm. in the book, I challenge people to really think about how much time and energy that they are putting into these corporations. They pay Mm -hmm. you anywhere from $40,000 to $60,000, depending on where you live and cost of living, right, for your talent Mm -hmm. gifts so they can make billions. You better get right. You know, give them the bare minimum. Look at that uh, the job description. You give them exactly what they say on it and nothing more. Nothing mm-hmm. more. And you come home and you put that into what you really want to do because that's really your purpose. Mm-hmm. Your purpose is really not at that job. Right. And then I'm tired of being listened to and not heard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So on, on from a love perspective, how how do we incorporate uh, a lot of the lessons that you're teaching into a book? Real quick, we're going to give, uh, I'm going to um, open the phone lines up. So if you have any questions for DB, 443-642-9403, please call in and uh, ask away. But, uh, and I, I'm telling somebody else to call in because she just she just forced me to say her name, Miss... Uh, <laughs> Miss Jana, Miss Jana just forced me to say her name. So, Jana, you have the number now. Call in. But how, how, in terms of a love perspective, how do we incorporate a lot of these lessons into our relationships? Um, one of the things that um, I love about the book, and this goes back to something that you said. So, Grandma said we need to make sure we pour into ourselves. How? Mm-hmm. That's the thing, and that's what I don't necessarily like about church. You know, say I mean. You know, you go to church and they give you this broad overview, but they don't really give you the steps. What are the actionable steps that I'm going to do when mm-hmm. I walk out of church so I don't come back still tore up next week? And so this is what the book does. One of the things that you do, you affirm yourself. So every time you go to a chapter before you even read a chapter, you're going to affirm who mm-hmm. you are. So this is my belief system. You affirm people validate and God confirm. You affirm who you are and once you start practicing what you affirm and people going to notice you. They're going to say, oh, what's that glow? What's that What's that aura about you? That's that validation. Oh, you're so talented. you gifted. And so mm. when we get that validation, sometimes we want to question it. Oh, she's just saying that. She's just saying that. Then all of a sudden, as you keep practicing and practicing. you don't believe it. Because you don't believe it. But then someone that you truly trust, God or your power comes and confirm it. Not only does he confirm it, he validates it. Then you like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Oh, mm. and that's when you start believing it. So that's the process. Everything in the book happened in threes. You know, you can say the body, son, and the Holy Ghost. You can say cognitive, um, emotional, and behavior. But everything in this book is in threes. I tell people to read it three times. There's power mm. in number three. Mm-hmm. Because it's, 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 that's how you develop habits. And this is a good habit 
and, and setting boundaries and being clear and that that big thing affirming who you are. I work with a lot of artists, a lot of children who don't have that. And I'm wondering where has the ball been dropped where we're not giving people that basic tool to affirm who we are. Like you, if you going out into the world with, with and, and most of us are, are shifted from 17 to 18 and now we're adults and we don't have a clear so what that means, but you don't even have a foundation in that. And we have to begin to, I think books like this will give people a foundation in learning that specifically as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we were talking before about you wanting to partner with some nonprofits. And I really think something like this should be given to children. Yeah. Because you're finding children today don't have that sparkle that mm-hmm. we had and, and, and most of us had as children or in past generations. Not to say everybody had it, but and me looking at those photos, I just remembered being a child who could dream, who could imagine. Who I used to do this thing where I would just stir off at something and fix my attention to it. And I would mentally make it fall apart and then put it back together in my head. And I did that. For a lot of my childhood, I was a little weird, but that's. <laughs> but I noticed a lot of children don't have that sense of imagination or creativity in them anymore. Everything is black and white. Everything is social media, and we have to step away from all of this newness and just go back to a space of just collecting ourselves and just learn. How do you suggest people learn to love themselves honestly and not just in? the the surface like what label is on me today just um spend time with yourself and sit in your mess mm. you don't start healing until you sit in your mess you don't start healing until you acknowledge the good i mean the bad and the indifferent the good is all and i tell folks it's easy to shout when you're rich it's easy to shout when you got a new car it's easy to shout when you got a new but look house. at how many of those rich people are falling apart right but how often do you come and shout when you're going through trauma how mm-hmm. often come and shout and say thank you Jesus when you're going through heartache and pain because you know what that's where you learn from you don't learn from the fact that you got a house you learn from what you've been through the struggle the, yes. the journey to getting mm-hmm. that's the lesson right you don't so, go to college and don't struggle go ahead <laughs> what does it look like because yeah there's a lot of tuna fish sandwiches in God but, but what was what does looking or sitting in your mess look like for you so if, so people understand what that means for them or could mean for them. Okay. So sitting in my mess, for example, um, when I found out that I had kidney disease, I worried, I cried. I really thought I was going to lose my kidneys and stuff. So it's just sitting in my feelings and my emotion and uh, being able to get to a point where I accepted that I have this kidney diagnosis. So mm-hmm. sitting in your mess is just really dealing with your feelings and your emotions. Okay. But dealing with the way that is happening. And that is healthy. Then when you come to the point where you feel like you may owe someone an apology, you go ahead and you give mm. that apology and realize the apology is not for them, it's for you. And we get so caught up, but I don't want to tell so-and-so and I don't want to seem like I'm weak. Well, baby, you are weak. You're just not showing them that you're weak. Mm-hmm. You are breaking down. When you walk in that house and you get butt naked, ain't nothing pretty about that. You, We have to understand. Oh, it's everything pretty, but I don't know about what, what your house looks like when you butt naked. <laughs> Mine look wonderful. <laughs> but but I, I do understand what you're saying. I, I'm going to say this to you, Nate. I love you. Thank you. I love you too, sir. Okay. Appreciate so, you. Well, that was an activity. So that's the first one in a one in a one in a few times that I had someone respond to me like that. Usually, mm-hmm. I, you didn't hesitate. 
you mm-hmm. turned around, you gave me eye contact, you acknowledge that. But go around and you tell people that you'll be like, oh, oh. And that lets you know that they're not yeah. comfortable with love. With well, that's the, I'm going to tell you, that's a, that's a learned trait in me. Okay. Uh, because I didn't grow up in a family where we said I love you outside of a funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's normally us talking to the dead body at that point, not even to each other yeah. or supporting each other. But many of us are growing up in families where hugs and kisses are like, yeah, and I'm 37 now. And that that happened then. So imagine the people that's growing up right now without, you yeah. know, touch is a basic form of life. And we don't touch each other in that way. And not just verbally, but saying I love you. That was that used to be it would make me cringe. It makes me cringe now, but I can say it. But if I don't mean it, I won't say it. But uh, I've learned how to say it in an endearing way, in a, a, a platonic way, mm-hmm. where it's not a, attached to a romantic relationship. You know, uh, right. even even amongst friends, you have to get just. But it's a learned lesson. That's a learned you lesson. To, you have to retrain. You have to reprogram. And that's something that you when I used to do that with my family, because I didn't tell my mom I left her till I was 27. <laughs> Because it wasn't a part of our upbringing. And when I started saying it, it was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with him? My mom, what's wrong with him? He's sick. He going through mm. something. It wasn't a part of my family. And even with my grandma, so even with my dad, I was mm. the common denominator. So now they know, you know, they're comfortable with it now. But before, yeah, I, mean, I was uncomfortable saying it, you know, but somebody had to, you know, change. But what you introduced through somebody else, like you saw another yeah, friend of you dad. doing it. My ex taught me how to love. He taught mm-hmm. me, and I, you know, in um, well, we ain't gonna say all that. But one of the takeaways that I took away from my last relationship is being able to express love in a vulnerable way. I was able to express it in a very uh, assertive way because I was raised up in a assertive home. But now uh, I'm able to do it just because it feels good. Just mm-hmm. because I mean it, and just because I see the beauty and love in others, right? It, it and it's and I'm I'm saying that that's the part of communication where it's a constant decision for me. It's not even learning a lesson, but it's a constant decision that I'm making to express love because I think in many of our families, love is there. It's a little weird. It's a little on its side. It's a little tough. Uh, but we show our love and in, in what we give to each other or, you know, how we show up when you die. That's how we show uh, we show our love. But we have to learn how to express that love. And I think we have a phone call. OK, phone mm-hmm. call. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hello. This is Lady Two Fingers, Miss Golden Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hey, how are Gigi. you? Hey, Nate. How are you doing? We're talking about love. Love. That's my favorite subject. Ooh. Are you are you are you good at saying I love you to people? If I do, yeah. I'll see. I'll see now. So we got some things to work with. I should I should love you to people. I don't love. But you still have to love people though. You have to have love for people. Oh, but I mean, I okay. So it depends. She on she on book she on trial number two she read the book twice already. she got to read it one more time. <laughs> she be says you have to read the book three you times. You can't tell everybody it. you love them though. Some people take it the wrong way. Mm, mm, yeah, and, and, and for me, uh, me saying I love you, it's not for them; it's for me. 
Okay. So I don't. Okay. I don't I don't necessarily, and you'd be surprised people that take it the way, the wrong way are also the people who haven't ex- experienced the love that you're sharing. Mm. This is true. That's probably true. And but I'm so, still, I, I love both of you. Oh, oh, Lady Goldfingers. If, if don't, people don't understand the voice, this is Miss Jana. She is the co-host both of the We Are You Radio Morning Show and, uh, Wellness Wednesday, yeah. Wellness Wednesday. So she is calling in. This is the first time I'm trying to get them to come on. But they, I think all of the hosts of the got Where You Want to Show got warrants. Uh, <laughs> I think they uh, wanted. Uh, <laughs> or they I'm just they got the too beans. many loves out there. I think, I think Jana got too many loves out there, too many stalkers. So she don't want people <laughs> to know where she is. <laughs> too funny. So call too it funny. in. Well, we're gonna try to get to you on the show. Hi to both of you. It's nice seeing both of you together. Thank you. He's a great guy. He's a great guy teaching me how to love and express the love. He is a love. great guy. Yeah, and be sure to get it. You had his book already. I ordered it. Uh, I got the kits, so I don't know what the kit is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that comes with special yeah, adornments. I don't know extra, extra tricklets. Okay. Oh, see. See, I'm waiting for I it. I just I'm, I'm want you it. to know my name is on the acknowledgement page. So be sure you read that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to read it out loud. When I get the book, I'm going to read your name out loud in the book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're now welcome. I'm going to go eat and let you guys finish talking about love. I'll be listening now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. But it, it is, it, and, I'm, and I'm finding it hard as an adult to make that decision because as Jana said, if you if you don't think the person's deserving of it, if you don't know how they're gonna receive it, you normally hold back. And I know it being in a theater world, that's how I learned to say I love you and do the whole hugging thing. Cause it was I'm telling you, it was very uncomfortable BB. It was very uncomfortable. Yeah. And art to me, art is a love. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, art mm-hmm. is a, love is an art. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, love is an art. It's one of those things that you can't always put your finger on it, but you can mm-hmm. identify with it. You can feel it, and but you would never completely understand it, like because it's always changing and it's ever evolving. Even though the dictionary tried to give us a formal definition of love, your love can never be defined. My love, and can- it's really different from person to person. Yeah. It's yeah. how. I express and how I show my love to my mom is different from my sister to mm-hmm. you to it's, it's and I think we're in that in that mindset that it has to be the same. Yeah, it also you know especially if you've been through something traumatic, trying to then love somebody makes you feel uncomfortable because what if the person you love is the person who did it to you, yeah. and now I'm trying to love people and it makes it uncomfortable for me. So especially if you. I think if you're dealing with people who have experienced trauma, which most of us have, if not 99.999% of us have, you have to be patient in how people express love. And I think a lot of my friends, and I'm really thankful for the friends that I've I've had, because I think I've let out in doses. And now I'm kind of like this running faucet, expressing and and just sharing my Mm. story so people understand it wasn't that I didn't like anybody or I was bougie. It was this, you know, you have to learn how to dose out your emotions when you've gone through something that's far bigger than anything you've ever gone through before. Yeah, you know, you got to be mindful of that. 
and and give people that I, I talk a lot about now giving people space and and giving people's inner child a space because often that's that's the core of our healing you got to let that inner child heal also or wherever it happens to you right you got to let that person in you heal yeah. and then as people around we can't just keep dropping people because they're going through stuff you know yeah. I, I i can't deal with that i can be honest about it and 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 the moment i start being honest about you know like i would have those conversations with my mom and she would run down a list whenever we would talk on the phone well you know such and such and this happened is mine yeah. Uh, and yeah. then there are other times where I let her run through the list and I said, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then the other times I'd be like, mm, mm. how are you doing today? Yeah. Oh, okay, you you good? Okay. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. And you and it's it, it and I used to watch people be that short with people, and I was like, Oh, you're so rude. Something. Oh, you're so rude. <laughs> but people had to learn how to that's how people learn how to protect themselves. Yeah. And and it's a dysfunctional way of doing it. But again, life happens and they try to cope as best as they can. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm learning is that a lot of us don't even have healthy coping mechanism or healthy coping skills. Mm. So we don't have those healthy coping skills. We react in a way that is emotional. And one thing that I like that, I, that that's probably going to stay with me forever in a day is that you have to allow that child to uh, really have their time. It's almost like they have an attention. So, to me, when they react the way that they do, and it's so unprofessional, so immature, I call it undeveloped. Because people get offended when you say immature. So I say it's undeveloped. Your emotions, and how you handle them are undeveloped. <laughs> so when they get like it's so bougie, that, it's so bougie. <laughs> when they get like that, it, that's actually that's childlike. It's childlike, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you said. Mm-hmm. And you got to get, and it's, it's hard to give people that space in those moments, but you really have to you have to, you know, maybe help them take them away from where the crowd is and bring them over to the side and let them express that, you know, protect them in that way where they're not out in public doing it. But, you know, even in that case, often we, we try to quiet people, but what if somebody in that space hurt them and needs to be revealed in that moment? Or what if that person is going through something we try to like we do the children, hush them, but yeah. they're they're crying for a reason. Exactly. So let's let's get off to the side. Let's let's go through this, you know. But a lot of people in today's world, they ain't got time for that. You know, we I got to deal with me. I got to get my bag. I got to deal with my issues. I ain't got time for yours. And I'm realizing there's a lot more people like that now than the people who oh, are yeah. open and having their arms open for you to be on their shoulder. Uh, but that's because a lot of people, and, and I, on the other side, people are going through a lot more in today's world, you know, openly going through things a lot. But we got to give people a space to heal and grow and express. You know, as a teacher, that's just something that I've, I don't like crying children. I just, I just can't, I can't deal with it. Uh, and, and you got to give children that room to express that. Get it out. Let's, yeah. let's get it out. Get it out. You good now? Okay. So you ready to tell me what's wrong? And then normally the problem works itself out because you've given them a space to release. Release. Uh, another actionable step I would like to leave people with is that, um, let me ask you this. How many, I call them my five, I call them power rangers. How many of you have power, power rangers around you? 
like supportive friends or family. Yep. So you know how the power yeah. rangers they all have their special skills. Mm-hmm. 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 Sometimes they have the skills that you don't have. Yeah, yeah. I I I encourage people to find your Power Rangers. So I have five Power Rangers myself, and they all have the different colors. You know, they are the red, white, the yellow. Find your Power Rangers, and your Power Rangers okay. have the skill sets that you don't necessarily possess. And I have one Power Rangers. We have Power Ranger Thursdays, and he calls mm-hmm. and he prays, and we affirm each other every week on Thursday. And so those are the individuals that you should be able to go and have your temper tantrums. Who's not going to judge you? Who, who's not going to see you as mm-hmm. less than or, or weak when you're going through whatever it is where you can kind of be transparent? And right. so if you don't have that, then um, you need to get it real soon. And I'm not talking they, about financial assistance. I'm talking about all emotional and cognitive. Um, yeah. Nate's a power but, ranger. Nate's a power but, ranger. I don't but, know what know, color he is because he's so flamboyant. But I don't either. <laughs> the the taste of the rainbow. <laughs> it always takes somebody. Well, in, in all honesty, I, I received that. But that that thing in me that's always trying to help or listen or encourage, it's because I was lacking that. That was something that I was lacking in my life. And once I start working with children, I realized how important that was. You know, it's important for us to have these wraparound services around us and not just somebody you can call when your BGE, your, your electric about to get cut off or mm-hmm. when you need a couple dollars or you need a helping hand, but it really, it's, it's a, you know, somebody who can just listen, yeah. just listen or yeah. somebody who's a good problem solver or a good conflict resolution person. So I, I get that, you know, I, in my life, I call it an accountability partner, okay. you know? Uh, so I've, I've learned to have those individuals around and often they don't even know that they're accountability partner. I don't call address them as that, you know, and then I have some more formal accountability partners that are other artists that when you're going through things, there's somebody I can go to, but I received that because I just know what it feels like to not have that support system. As you said, you feel lost. You feel by yourself. That's that's a feeling of loneliness when you don't have anybody to call in a moment or you don't have a space or a platform to be able to, you know, talk to somebody when you're going through something. And it's not even something life or death. It may be as an artist. I don't know when it's time for me to quit my job, you know, or when it's time for me to, you know, take my stuff to another level. People who are honest with you. A lot of the Power Rangers in my life, the Tracys, the Tanelias, you know, the Elaine's, a lot of people in my life, outside of my family, of course, mm. they are people who I could go to when, you know, Tanel, my friend Tanelia, I could go to her when I want an honest feedback about something. When I don't want nothing sugar-coated, she, she's a little bit older than me, she gonna give it to me real direct. And my feelings aren't in her mind when she's saying it, um, but she's going to be loving. It's going to be like a big sister, you know, so, but I, I that's really important. I, I think that's going to be a really big chapter in, in terms of making people aware and identifying those people in your life. Because sometimes we feel like we don't have those people, but those people exist in our lives. We just have to appoint it to them or, you know, it's like asking somebody to be your mentor, you know? Exactly true. And I'm glad you said something about um, the young lady who hold you accountable. That's one stipulation of having a Power Ranger or having that support system. They cannot be a yes man. You will not mm-hmm. go from that. 
you wouldn't yeah. you need someone who's gonna call you on the carpet hold you accountable but also yeah. gonna be your I like to um call it like my superheroes right um mm-hmm. I list them all in the book and I honor them you have to have those superheroes because those are the people who are be able to gonna see you in your potential when you can't see you in your potential and you just going through it and they're gonna keep pushing they're gonna keep pushing you because they see it and they believe in you and as db said it's not the person that's gonna give you the down deposit is the it's not the person that's gonna cash app you every five minutes it's that's not that's not a power ring no no and the one gonna say what did you do not the one gonna be like and he did what no Mm -hmm. you they're gonna listen to the story and it's like okay and so Mm -hmm. what did you do you know, and, and it's so funny. And it's something I do when I'm dating, when I meet someone. And I don't know why they always ask the question. So what happened in a relationship? You know, and you know how I start. Don't judge me. <laughs> don't do not. Because I want to know. I want to yeah. know what I'm facing. And when I start. And I want you to answer honestly. What yeah. happened, DB? It's fair, though. It's, it's fair. But they usually go into what the other person did. I never do that. I always go into what I contributed. And that's why I ask I the always. question. Because if they go right to, well, they, mm, yeah, red not, flag. Yeah, we're not going down there. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? If, I always say, if you would have asked both of us this question, you're going to get two different perspectives. However, mm-hmm. this is fine. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and I just kind of call out my faults. And they usually ask, well, have you learned for that? Or would you do that again? And da, 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 da. But yeah, I call, I call me out on the carpet ASAP. All the time. And that's, that's really important. And it's not self-loathing, but mm-hmm. you have to be honest about who you are. And everybody doesn't deserve that truth. But when it's the person, it's somebody that you respect, that you want to be with, or you want to be in your life, give them that respect and give them that honesty, because you never know who's going to stick around and who's not. Um, I want to um, close out the show. I want to give DB an opportunity to put that put that information out there. You know, where can we get the books? Uh, do you have any workshops coming up? Because I know you were doing workshops leading up to the launch of your book. Do you have any more coming up? So I don't have any workshops coming up because I've been focusing on uh, my licensure and um, my dissertation. But mm-hmm. when I finish all that, there will be some. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Loves Pursue ATL. And um, lovespursuatl.net is where you can purchase the book. Like I said, if you put in a code SANE, uh, you'll get a discount with some extra gifts because I'm sending out free gifts. But what I will say, I'm in a process. I do sell wellness accessories. I'm in a process of getting that out. I'm on, on merch. I'm on merch. <laughs> wellness accessory, uh, accessories. I'm getting ready to have this big campaign for black men um, in June. So watch out for that. And mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. Not, I did start making candles as well. So that'll be coming on the website as well. So I have some things in a pipeline. It's just a matter of time. And there's not enough time in the day to make it all happen. Well, just do one thing at a time. Don't try yeah. to do everything in one day because yeah. we need DB to be here as long as possible. Yeah. But uh, once once I get the book and I, I'm going to read it three times <laughs> and I'm going to call you back on and we will have some conversations because um, I'm going right to the chat. I don't, never read books in order. That's that's me. Uh, but I'm going to go straight to that, that accountability partner book, that Power Ranger uh, section because that's, that's something that I had to be mindful because I receive it as being a person, but I'm learning to ask for help mm-hmm. and support and, and reach out there because that's not something that I was naturally able to do. So I'm, I'm going I'm to take my notes and get my little sticky notes ready 
with my questions and such, but I'm really, uh, I'm really proud and I'm really, you know, congratulatory of you for making this step in. And maybe next time we talk, you will have that doctorate and we're going to get you, get you through you know, it. Maybe I will. So this is where we firm. I will be Dr. Marshall yeah. <laughs> by next year quarter, period. Well, Bishop, well, Bishop, <laughs> <laughs> let's touch and agree. Uh, we're going to get that. Uh, let that board be in their right sound and mind yeah. to receive your dissertation argument. Uh, and this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Don't forget, if you have any information on Jakara, the image has been up on the screen the whole time. Please call that number. Um, and again, this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show with myself, Nate Towser. Peace out. Hold on one second, one second.